0: You know, over the last few days, uh, I have been racked with grief and um, a bit of, if I may, righteous anger and frustration over uh, what I've been seeing on the news uh, with the plight of Syrian refugees. And watching that unfold so far away from my homeland is difficult. At moments, I've felt as though my hands have been tied in not being able to do something immediately to respond. In other moments, uh, I felt a deep sense of, of frustration. How could this happen? And, and then perhaps even in a few moments, a bit of, of righteous anger as I felt as though some of those refugees who were looking for a home, looking for a place of safety, seemed to be ping-ponged politically between countries. And as I began to think about my reaction to that and the humanity of those people and the crisis in which those Syrians face, it reminded me that this weekend we had the opportunity to see a journey that perhaps for a different group of refugees is in a different place. And so this morning we want to introduce you to the country of Bhutan. Bhutan is a tiny Himalayan nation of of legendary beauty that measures its success in gross national happiness. And though it may be a country which you have not heard of until this weekend, it has been a very important country on the world stage now for decades due to a refugee crisis not unlike what the Syrians now are just beginning to experience. You see, in the mid-1990s, the country of Bhutan did what could probably only be described as ethnic cleansing, where it took a minority group of people of Nepalese descent who had been living in Bhutan for centuries and said, we are now one country One people, you must leave. And so over 100,000 people of Nepalese descent who had lived in Bhutan for generations now found themselves without a home, without a country. And so they returned to their ancestral homeland of Nepal to live in refugee camps and for the decades, two decades that followed, there these wonderful people lived and ate and learned. And perhaps the best word is survived, as neither Bhutan nor Nepal were willing to accept these people as full citizens. These camps can best be described as being squalid. Most who lived there had no electricity, few modern conveniences, if any, extremely cramped circumstances. They had each other, and for what it was worth, hope. And this year turned into year, turned into decade, eventually, nearly 20 years after the camps were set up, Western countries began accepting these refugees. Since that time, in 2006 to 2008, the United States has accepted nearly 75% of the refugees from those camps. Over 76,000 Bhutanese people now live in the United States, but though our philosophy is, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. The hope, perhaps, was not always when they came to America what it might seem. Life is still hard outside of the refugee camp. The surprise of modern conveniences, such as computers, having to learn a second language, uh, A lost sense of place and community for these people and a suicide rate among them both in the refugee camps and outside the refugee camps that is higher than the global national average still means that these people are still people of need and of hope and of our prayers. And so we have been not just thankful, but we have been over the top with excitement, this weekend to have been able to host the Bhutanese Nepalese Church of America Youth Conference here on our campus. And so this weekend, hundreds and hundreds of youth from all over the United States have been meeting here, some former refugees themselves, all families, descended from people without a home who now, try as they might and best as they may, make this their home. And so this morning, we actually have two different services. Next service, we will hear from a friend's pastor who ministers in Bhutan. But this service, we have the opportunity to hear from Santos, and I will hit pause, invite you up here, Pastor, and allow you to tell your story and speak God's words to us this morning. Would you welcome Santos to us?
1: Good morning, everybody. I hope you can hear me, right? Thank you, Pastor Kevin, for introducing our country, Bhutan. Nepal. I'm very glad this morning to be with you again. I hope you can understand me. My, my English is not that good, I think. But I'm trying my best. When I came to the United States for the first time, I was trying to communicate with people because I went to high school in my country. I graduated in science in my country. And I was trying to communicate with some of the American friends. But they could not able to respond me, and I came to figure out that what was the problem? And the problem was that I was speaking, but nobody could understand me. So it makes me a little disappointed because the way I learned English was totally different than different here in the United States. So so far, I'm trying my best to learn English and trying to speak better. so If you could not be able to understand me, I'm very sorry for that. But I'm trying my best to speak as best as possible. Uh, And thank you so much for welcoming me uh, today here. I'm very excited because probably this is the first time I'm speaking the word of God among the American people. So this is going to be a history in my life. And I'm very happy that the same God, the same God who's taking care of the United States has been taking care of us so far, you know. He's the same God, we pray. And let me tell something a little bit about our BNCA Youth Conference. So when we were planning to have a youth conference, We did not have much more experience about hosting a huge conference, so I, along with our entire team, we were planning. We were praying, God, Lord, please provide us the best place because we don't have a huge property, we don't have a huge place for uh, for mass people. We have been praying, and we have been going different places. We we went to downtown, and we, we looked for a big hall, conference hall, and we started talking with the people, and they said, hey, you know, the technician going to charge for 30000 the, the sound system going to charge for this thousand and that thousand, and the hall going to run this. And, and we said, oh, God, we need, your, we need your answer now, because we don't have that budget. And as we have been praying and praying, finally, my dad, who is a pastor of our Nepali church, Saman Church, the Holy Spirit was talking with my dad to come, to come to the French Church and talk with Pastor Steve. And finally, without any phone call, any appointment, anything else, you know, you know, nothing is possible here in the United States without phone calls and. You know, calling ahead of time, right? Because we need to call ahead of time to make sure somebody is available or not. But we didn't do that. We just come, you know. Because the Holy Spirit needed us to come and talk with Pastor Steve. So finally we come here. We met with Pastor Steve. And once we talked a little bit about our conference, our vision, our plan... Our objectives. You know what happened? God, he works so tremendously. Hallelujah. He spoke with Pastor Stephen. He was so open with us. He was so open and so much flexible. And And he was very, very willingly. He was helping us and providing us these huge facilities for a huge conference. And we are now successful. Hallelujah. And at the same time, he's speaking in our midst, and pastor, they have, they have given, us, given me an opportunity to speak something, something and to encourage you and to encourage myself today. So, I don't have such a beautiful word to tell you thank you. I can find that suitable word, but I must say that I have to be so much thankful for this French and entire French family for providing us everything, you know, everything. We don't have such a word, but I'm very much thankful for that. So today I'm going to encourage something a little bit about, I'm not that very, very best speaker. And in my church, I used to speak, I, I, I'm speaking also, I sometimes speak in Nepali. And I have never speak like so long in English. So probably today is the first time I'm speaking like around 15 to 20 minutes in, in English only, you know. So it might be a little harder for me. But I'm trying my best and I hope the Holy Spirit is going to help me. Amen? And hope everybody can understand and let the Holy Spirit, you know, open the eyes of your heart and your mind. So... Today I'm going to read a scriptures from Jeremiah 29 verses 11. If you, if you have a Bible then you could open or if you don't have Bible I can read for you guys. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans for welfare and not for, not for evil, to give you future and hope." And let me read another scriptures too. Jeremiah Verses one five as well. Before I formed you in my womb, I knew you, and I, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Hallelujah! I really, I really deeply meditated this word of God. I was meditating once I was given this opportunity, and I was praying, God, Lord, what shall I speak? And the Lord spoke in my heart that read this scripture. And that's what I'm doing today. So I'm speaking a little bit about the plan of God. But Pastor Kevin, he already spoke something like he includes our story. But let me, let me tell you my personal and my family story today. That was like a general story for all the, all the Vitanese refugee people. But what happened, especially in my family, or in my family, what happened? What, what, what are the things that we struggled? So let me tell you something. And so let me introduce myself. My name is Santos. I have the most gorgeous, the very beautiful lady in the world. She is no other than my wife. She is not here, but, but she is praying for me. And, my, and I have a beautiful son. He's just... 11 months old, and he started worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He started jumping and dancing for the Lord. And that's what, that's my prayer. And I'm praying for, I'm praying that he should be a nation saker. He, he should be one of the very mighty men of God. That's my prayer from now, you know. Okay, so let me start. What happened in my family? So in 1992, like because of some political problems, the tyrant government in Bhutan did not allow our family to stay in Bhutan. It's because we are Nepali, and we try to, you know, we try to, uh, uh, we try to use our own language. We try to speak our own, you know, uh, language, Nepali. But because of that situation, you know, uh, we like in 1992, that that things happened in our country, Bhutan. So therefore, I, along with my family and some other relatives, were compelled to leave our birthplace. So therefore, with a broken heart, with sorrow and pain, we moved to the eastern part of Nepal. As you see in the map before, there is a small country, Nepal. So we came to the eastern part of Nepal and, uh, and began to stay there as a refugee. I was born and raised in a Hindu religion. I'm not a born Christian. My original religion was Hindu. So if you have studied about Hindu religion, then they have too many gods, you know. Like around more than maybe maybe 3,000 gods. So I was born and raised in that kind of family. After we landed in land of Nepal, we did not have home to stay and food to eat. I was four years old. I was four and half years old at that time. At the same time, I and my dad was politically. At the same time, actually, my dad was politically blamed and was taken to a prison. While he was inside the prison, I'm talking. I'm a little bit covering about my dad's uh, testimony. While he was inside the prison, he prayed different guards for the deliverance. But instead of getting hope, he was encountered through disappointment and frustration. In the meantime, the 14 years boy came, came nearby my dad with the one gospel track. And that gospel track was written, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have an eternal life. That was the first time my dad was holding a tracts handed by a young boy. And my dad read the tracks. He told him about new life in Jesus and about the freedom from the prison too. After that, my dad, who was a strong Hindu and who was a strong persecutor before, he used to persecute Christian people. He used to tear the Bible and say, hey, why you follow the Western religion country? My dad was kind of like that, you know. But that was the day that God chose my dad. So my dad decided to accept Jesus Christ as his personal Savior Lord. As a result, the salvation has entered in our family. Hallelujah. And that was the best (laughs) days in our family and throughout the whole generation of our family. During that time, there was a few Christians very few Christians in our refugee camp. There were seven different refugee camps all over the different places. So there was a few Christians, you know, very few Christians, who were also being severely persecuted while they were in Bhutan. Few Christian leaders started to preach the gospel in those camps in spite of persecution and opposition to our faith in Jesus. Our family along with, with some of the leaders were strictly prohibited To preach, we did not stop though. Despite the facts of some persecutions, we did not stop the work of God there. We keep preaching the word of God. As a result of our constant prayer, so I, I was explaining about the persecution in camp. So it was not easy. To share the word of God, because people they used to, you know, hate Christians. They did not allow anybody to preach the Gospels, and some of those persecutors—I mean, some of those persecutors—they have already accepted the Christ now. Hallelujah! So, it's, so, as a result, people started to believe in Jesus, you know, because we started preaching the gospel, and within 19 years, there were about more than 25. More than now 250 churches so far, hallelujah. And thousands and thousands of people they accepted Jesus Christ in refugee camp. But living life as a refugee, we did not have hope to become citizens of any country. But we have not prayed, but we have been praying God for a better solutions. We born in Bhutan, we came to Nepal. But we did not. We did not have, like, citizenship in our hand. If we had to travel somebody else, somewhere else, then you know we don't have passport. We don't have anything else. And we have been praying for the better solution. We have been praying, Lord. We want to serve you by being any any of the nation. And as a result of that, as a result of the constant prayer, the Lord brought IOM that it stands for International Organization for Migration for our assistance because of who we are in America now. IOM is an international organization of migration that migrates refugee people to developed countries like the United States, Canada, Denmark, Australia, and so many countries. So as a result of that, I'm here in the United States. Amen? And now, a few couple of days, I am not only a permanent resident, but I have got a citizenship of the United States. And this is a great blessing of God for a people like us. We came to the we came to USA with the same vision and dream to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our people who are Buddhist and Hindu and to the unrich people of the United States as well. We have already started our gospel work and have held churches among the Bhutanese immigrants in Baltimore, Columbus, Akron, Salt Lake City, Chicago, Cleveland, and so many places in the United States. So, so far, I have traveled almost over more than 34 states for the gospel. So, when we were in Nepal, many people gave us congratulations for God opening the door for the promised land USA. Many people, they came to us and said, congratulations, For God, congratulations guys for, you know, because you guys are going to a promised land in the United States. And many people believe that this is truly a promised land. But God spoke in my heart different than this. I do believe this is a land of opportunity and abundant. Indeed, this is not a promised land. God has promised us to give heaven as a promised land. Amen? This is just a temporary residence. And place to prepare for the eternity. Therefore, being the American citizen recently, and also the citizenship of heaven, it is my responsibility to pray for, to pray and save this country spiritually. Being God's children, I am very responsible for this country and is very loyal to the United States of America. But let me declare, my dear brother and sister, that we are not going to obey. Any rules and regulations that is just against the word of God. We're here to obey the word of God. And this is above everything. All constitution. Every laws, Everything. This is above everything, dear brothers and sisters. We respect the country. We love the country. We follow every rules. But if any rules that comes and arises... That to stop from the word of God. If any rules comes to stop to believe the word of God. We are going to ignore and we are going to die for that. Dear brothers and sisters. Because nothing is above the word of God. I know the United States have changed so many rules and regulations. I am not going to tell the specific. But so many rules and regulations are against the word of God. And I am not ashamed of declaring that. So we need to pray for this nation. Amen? We need to pray for this nation. This is a responsibility for all the United States people and all the immigrant people to pray for this country. To pray for the salvation of this country. So I would like to request every one of you, every one of my people, every one of us to, to pray God to save this country, you know. To save this country. God's word is above all the constitution and all the country. I know recently the country have given so many freedoms, but that's okay. We are going to pray for this nation and we are again going to change this nation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So finally, I'm not going to speak more than this. Finally, I would like to thank you for providing this wonderful privilege and for the wonderful opportunity. I again encourage you, brothers and sisters, let us all together save this country, no matter who we are, no matter from, we, from where we are, no matter from which country we are from, no matter from which nationality we are from, no matter what color we look like, no matter how short we look like, but we all are the children of God. Amen? And we all are the children of God. So we are here in the United States to pray for this nation and to continue serve for this nation. To continue serve for the Lord and to continue pray for this nation. Amen? God bless the United States and God bless this, uh, God bless this uh, uh, French church. Thank you so much.
0: would you stand with me? We're going to invite the musicians to come back to the stage. And uh, Santos, thank you. I I think that that is quite a call to pray. And so I think that perhaps uh, for a few moments, perhaps we should just be in a spirit of prayer. And so as the musicians pray, I mean, as the musicians play, why don't we move into a spirit of prayer for a few moments? And however the Lord leads you, if the Lord leads you to, to simply pray in your seat and and ask God's blessing, uh, not just on this church, not just on Santos and, and his church and in people or on the refugees, but, but for the future, for the future of all of us, that we will continue to stand up no matter what we may face, either in your seat or, as Tasha said earlier, uh, the altars are open. Feel free to pray here. And so, Lord, this morning we come to you in prayer. Thankful for your love, for your blessing, and as has so powerfully been said, Lord, for your salvation, the salvation provided through a Jesus Christ who changes everything whenever we follow Him. And so, Lord, this morning we commit to following you, to giving our lives to you, Lord, to turning away from the past, looking towards the future the future hope, the future blessing, the future of heaven, Lord, but perhaps most importantly, a future where you are present and where everything is changed. And so this morning, Lord, we continue our prayer to you.
2: The Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection. again and I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord come on let's declare that this morning and believe Is our
0: God, Lord? This morning, our hearts are open and bare in response to Your greatness. Lord, thank You for the opportunity for salvation. Lord, thank You for the example good Samaritan and our call to be your hope your help and your love for those in need both physically and spiritually Lord may we always be an example worthy of your name